The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson. We have a very exciting show for you today uh, in honor and recognition of July 4th coming up. Leo Thorsness's Medal of Honor recipient and author of Surviving Hell, a POW story. And uh, we, uh, as we approach July 4th, we are really honored to have Leo with us. He has a powerful and very poignant story of survival as a POW in Vietnam that he'll share with us today. And having read his book, we were just riveted by the brutality that he and his fellow POWs endured with such courage and determination. Few of us can imagine the living hell that they endured but all of us certainly can learn from the lessons that Leo so humbly shares. There's no hint of arrogance or pride or even bitterness in Leo's story. He and his fellow POWs are truly men of honor to, to whom we owe a very great debt of gratitude. Please be, bear with me today. I am um, suffering a little bit of laryngitis, so we'll try to let Leo and Ken do most of the talking. But I would like to just share a little bit of Leo's uh, background. He grew up in Minnesota, Minnesota on a farm during the Depression, and he found his calling in the Air Force and had become an experienced fire pilot by the uh, 1960s. And in, in 1966, he was sent to Southeast Asia uh, to fly a fighter with a two-man crew in support of the American bombing campaign in North Vietnam. He was operating out of uh, Thailand, and carried out missions to identify and destroy hostile radar, flak, and surface-to-air um, um, missile installations, and literally clearing the way for fighter bombers to attack vital targets in the communist homeland. And on one such mission, he and his backseater took part in an action for which Leo was uh, recommended for the Medal of Honor. Not long after this, uh, this fight, against all odds, on a very similar mission, his plane was shot down. And in his story, Surviving Hell, uh, he shares the ordeal that literally brutalized him. And in his own words, uh, he became a, a better and fuller person. A very strong religious faith and a love of country and family helped him to survive the next six years of torture, isolation, and neglect. Upon his return from Vietnam... Leo retired from the Air Force as a colonel, became a director of civic affairs for a major corporation, and then a Washington state senator before retiring a second time. He currently volunteers to help veterans and speaks to organizations on ethics, demonstrating the rewards of doing what is right through his combat and prisoner of war examples 
of leadership, courage, teamwork, and enduring hard times to achieve success. Welcome, Leo. Thank you, Cheryl. Nice to be on your program. Leo, uh, why did you write Surviving Hell so many years after leaving Vietnam as a POW? It started out as a letter last year, about a little over a year ago, I started writing a letter and decided to uh, write a letter to my granddaughters. They're now 8 and 10 and tell them what their grandpa did in Vietnam and it got too long. <laughs> uh, but it did really start that way and then I, after it got longer and longer, uh, I realized that there may be a manuscript there and I was fortunate that uh, someone picked it up and published it. Leo, one of the things that I am so proud to be on with you, and, and by the way, it is a tremendous honor for Cheryl and I to be with you, uh, but if you would, please share with our listeners um, the critical importance of our military and our country today, and uh, in your particular case, uh, what is how important it is that Medal of Honor winners like yourself are, are here to share their stories. If you would, kind of give us a brief overview of that for our listeners. Well, it's probably just too much of a cliche, but it's been said, and I agree with it, that uh, occasionally you get something in your email or letter that says, if you can read this, thank a teacher. If you can read it in English, uh, thank a veteran. That does pretty well summarize things. And you know, uh, When I was born, uh, I didn't know at the time, and I didn't, even, I didn't know until I was really in the military how precious this this thing called freedom is, it was handed to me just by birthright. I'd like to come back to a story about that later, uh, how it kind of came home to me. But um, then later on, about every other generation uh, is asked to pay for it. And uh, the longer we go between wars, the better it is. But also the longer we go between wars and what people have to serve, the less patriotic we seem to become as a nation. And thats uh, I don't mean to say we need to go to war, but we're doing a poor job of in, in teaching our kids history and uh, geography and, and patriotism and, and citizenship and those old-fashioned things we used to learn in school. So uh, my, my fear is that uh, our country is slipping uh, because uh, we have less and less patriotism in our country and it's programs like yours and Fourth of July and Memorial Day, and I hope that we can kind of keep it alive. Loyal, that is exactly what uh, we're doing when I say we, uh, you certainly, and many, many veterans around the country. Uh, I'm doing it here. Cheryl's doing it on our end. Uh, we're all giving back. Uh, our country has been so wonderful, so great, and it's our commitment to that legacy and those heroes of the past and the present who are so important on this July 4th. Uh, share for us your your observations on July 4th, and you saw many of them as a POW, uh, the importance of freedom. Share that with our listeners, if you would, please. I don't think I'm capable of putting a, a, a lot of a lot more meaning to it than what all of us think about, uh, other than it's more than, a, more than a shopping day. And in prison, uh, holidays came and went. The first three years when you're solitary, uh, you, you, you kind of knew the calendar and you knew about what day it was, but be it Christmas or Easter or the 4th of July, uh, those uh, those had deep meaning, but only in memory. There was no way to celebrate them. But so uh, now, when we have a chance to celebrate a Memorial Day or a Fourth of July, uh, I try to take our my wife and daughter and two granddaughters now, take them to some memorial, uh, some park, some some local parade. And the, the more small town it is, the more meaningful they become. But uh, the country is just such a phenomenal place, and we're letting it slip away from us. And uh, the veterans were fewer of us, you know. Very few in Congress now, and after World War II, I think it was one out of every ten was in the military, and now it's one out of every, you know, 40 or whatever it is. So it's just, uh, 
I'd say my vocabulary is somewhat bankrupt in trying to tell people how important it is to remember what our country's, how it got started and what it means and how it was founded. And a few days like the 4th of July, it helps. Leo, well, Leo, one of the things uh, I'm your, doing your is traveling so the timely country. Because uh, it really is so authentic, uh, authentic, and I, I could literally not put it down. I, I guess in 40 years, memory does not really grow dim on such an experience. Uh, how have you come to terms with what you endured? Well, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to preach. I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe everybody's life is fuller if they have some spirituality. Uh, I think that's politically correct to say, in, in our case, our spirituality, we're Christian. And uh, that said, um, two points. One is there were times in Hanoi I would not have survived without some extra strength and, and prayers were answered. Uh, the, 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 the second point is is that uh, I don't know of anybody that came out of Hanoi, uh, regardless of what they were in, there was not a believer in, in, in spirituality, and most of them were Christian. My backseater was an agnostic or an atheist. He wasn't sure. He came home a devout Christian. And uh, I, I think with the, the belief in your country, we knew we'd never be forgotten, although it got hard sometimes because we sat there so many years. Um, but uh, the country is just, is, you know, it's too good to pass up, and, and we knew, we knew from our history that uh, eventually we'd get out of there and we'd try to come home and would come home with our honor. Leo, we have uh, so many stories we could share with each other. Let me share a brief one with you if I could. Um, sure. Uh, in traveling the country, I've kind of focused on areas that I think really require a commitment to our country, to our service. Uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming was a recent, um, I did a recent stint there for about a month and had a chance to meet with and um, many veterans, but one in particular just just blew me away. He was a uh, Vietnam veteran, um, was a uh, committed uh, Christian and uh, totally committed to helping service people and, and helped me enormously in try, trying to attract and talk to many of our kids coming back. Another one in, in that group was a World War II veteran who was a uh, Marine Corps veteran but who actually landed on Iwo Jima. And you talk about living history. This gentleman is 83 years old and and he and I talked for two hours straight, and I, I would give in anything to record it for posterity. It is so critical for our kids today to listen to this living history and make them realize how critical it is. So many kids today think life began when they were born, and nothing ever happened before then. Mm-hmm. But that commitment to, from so many of our wonderful veterans and active military is what it's all about. Well, it is. Uh, you're talking about one person. I remember you, you mentioned Chesty Puller before we were on, what a phenomenal Marine he was. And in, uh, in history, it's been written that uh, the fate of nations often depends upon a great battle. And it goes on to say, and great battles are often determined by one great individual. And I don't know, I'm not sure this qualifies, but I think it does. And in my mind, that one great individual that I was privileged to know in the Medal of Honor Society was Jimmy Doolittle. Absolutely. About when he took off the, air, uh, the carrier in what, 1942 and went to Japan, when we were losing every battle to start World War II. Absolutely. That one battle changed the attitude of our nation, knowing that, by golly, we had a chance to win this thing. We, you know, and he was, what a, what a yeah, anyway, uh, one person can make a difference, and, and uh, I don't know how I got off on that, but like you were talking about, the people who have given so much for our country. 
Well, when we come back, we've got more to share, so stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it. Don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Best. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl Dawson here with Leo Thorsness. 
um, Medal of Honor recipient and author of Surviving Hell, a POW's Journey. And, Leo, uh, as we're approaching uh, July 4th, we certainly do want to remember the, the troops and those who are currently serving for us. And, uh, you know, we hear about so many uh, uh, terrorist uh, killings and so forth. Today doesn't seem to be a strategy of, of taking prisoners. Uh, and it's interesting that the brutal torture that, that the POWs experience is, is not really about uh, getting information. Share what the real objective was at, at the time during D- Vietnam. Most of what it was is by the time I was shot down, a year or so after the war really got going over there, North Vietnam, they had information about airplanes and bombs and stuff, and it was pretty low-tech war, dumb gravity bombs. So what they wanted was us to condemn the war. They wanted propaganda. They said, we have these Air Force, Army, uh, Air Force and Navy officers here. If we can get them, who are in country, seeing what's going on, to condemn and say how bad this war is, America will stop the war. The anti-war movement will grow faster. We were tortured to make statements to uh, condemn the war, to write a letter to a president or a senator or something, uh, in fact, I was, I've been, then they talked about their humane and lenient treatment, and what that was is you got three cigarettes a day, and if you were good, they lit them. And there were literally times, uh, they seemed to think that was important. There were times in torture, they'd stop torture and give you a cigarette, and then have you torture you again to write how well you were being treated. I mean, it was just, it was, it was very unsophisticated, but they didn't go by the Geneva Convention that says you don't torture even though they signed it. Uh, they just totally ignored it. And it wasn't very effective uh, strategy either, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, they, uh, they were Vietnamese are bright people. We know that if you're well educated. But these people weren't. Uh, they had they had the use of shackles and manacles and belts and hoses and wires and to, to torture you with. Uh, and uh, they and they didn't know. I, I wrote a piece recently in the Philadelphia Inquirer about there's a short window of truth. I say when you torture and they increase the pain, there's a point where you can no longer just say name, rank, serial date of birth. And if they're sophisticated interrogators, Vietnamese weren't, that that very narrow point there is a slightly increase more pain. You go to a point of saying, I can't break, I, I, I can't handle it, and you may tell the truth. Uh, they, go, they keep increasing it, then you just babble anything you can. To, to, and, but they were not sophisticated. Leo, if you would, share with us um, uh, your uh, comrades and, and uh, what I remember is Hanoi Hilton. Of course, John McCain, were you there with John McCain? Well, I say he was there with me because I get there first. Six okay. <laughs> yes, I was. I lived. They moved. They moved us around a lot. Uh, and we, there were several prisons, but most of us. The big one was Wallow, which we call the Hilton. Hilton. But uh, I lived with John a couple of years, off and on. He uh, has an excellent book, also. Um, right. I know you have all kinds of stories you could share with us. Uh, just off the top of your head, name, if you would, a couple that really stand out in terms of courage and. Uh, honor that uh, there are, that yourselves had there. Uh, you mean fellow POWs? Yeah, fellow POWs. That would be Bud Day, uh, Jim Kasser, Robbie Reisner. Um, those were just, you know, just Ned Schumann. Just there, there's, a, there, there's, it goes on and on. But a few of the, it, the bottom line was the more rank you had in the main, the more torture you had. Such as when I was, was nominated for the for the Medal of Honor, which came. For a mission, I flew just before I shot down. It takes about a year. Well, about two years after I shot down with the tap code one day, I said, Leo, did you know you've been nominated? Well, the Air Force had been approved up to the president. They didn't give it to my wife because they didn't know if I was dead or alive. If I was alive, it would have been much worse. So, but uh, just, you know, I was just with Bud Dave the other day, and he's a medal of honor. But Jim Stockdale just died about a year ago. Phenomenally strong people. 
Exactly oh, right. Leo, Leo, you mentioned the importance of, uh, of course, faith and family and memories to survival. How did your experience uh, change your outlook on life? Well, it changed my outlook. Now, this again, I'm not being flippant, but the two biggest lessons I learned in those six years, pardon me, one is since I've been home a lot of years, I've never truly had a bad day. And the other lesson is if the doorknob is on the inside, it's a good day. Uh, yeah. And to expand that a little bit, uh, I, my life is life is more precious. Um, the little things are not important. Uh, I learned to focus on what's truly important, and there's a whole bunch of things vying for our attention, and we get caught up in just the daily things. When, you, when you're floating down and you look down, you've just been shot, and you know your legs are all broken up like mine were. I looked down, I could see the muzzle flashes. They were shooting at me out of a clearing in the jungle. I was probably three or 4,000 feet in the air, yet they missed. But that gets your attention. And if your priorities had gotten out of order where you put too much emphasis on you know, military, uh, material things or they were out of whack, with a snap of a finger when you know in about 10 minutes you're going to be killed or captured, uh, your priorities, you know what's important in life. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I love the, the story of the egg cartons of memories. That was so creative. <laughs> Share some of your memories. Uh, you talked about the, the, the carton for family and faith and fun and friends and flying and so yeah, forth. When I, when I, shortly after I was captured, I was in a hut in the mountains, and, uh, I, and Harry and I, we both thought they were having a trial that night. We were stripped of our clothes. You're tied spread eagle in a bamboo hut. And I, the only thing on your mind, not the only thing, but the, if, number one, is this really happening because it's only been about several hours that you rejected from a, you went from high-tech to no-tech. And uh, but so I, I forced myself to concentrate on things that I could keep, take my mind off, you know, the severe pain and so on. And uh, over the next, that time and the next few, two, few days, uh, I built a little cabinet and shelves like it is a kid. And then there were some egg cartons in our barn, just kind of little boxes. And I put I put those up and I labeled them. And what I found was important when you get when you get away from the real world and you're you're just down to the basics of surviving are your friends, your family, your faith, and your fun. Uh, flying was also, but those four four items. Fact is, later on, and so I, so I, I I kept those. I made a little file. I'd have a memory and I'd make a little folder and I put it in there. And you, you got nothing to do with your mind 24 hours a day, so you remember these things. Your recall is, is better than normal. And so when I wanted to think about somebody in my family, I'd go through my little folders and I'd oh this I remember talking think about that one or a fun trip we took under and the friends. Uh, in fact, later in the last three years when treatment got some better and there were quite a few of us in the cell, I decided I would keep track of what we talked. We could talk out loud those last three years or so. I kept track of what we talked about and over ever but after two weeks there were only about twenty subjects we talked about and we were all aviators which is a fun job to go supersonic on the deck and so on. And, but it had been some years since we'd done any of that. But what we talked about dominated just about all our time were four things. They all start with that, friends, family, faith, and fun. Well, Leo, before the uh, verbal communication you had, you had a tapping system, which is absolutely fantastic. Share that with our listeners, please. Sure. Uh, the first three years especially, if they could hear any sound coming out of your cell, you were generally solitary, in solitary confinement, little cell, dark. Uh, they beat you. So with a very, very, you could tap very lightly on a, on a wall. You could go through a foot of concrete. If you put your ear against the wall on the other side and I tap on my side and the guard outside can't hear it, and we threw away the letter K because we wanted a five-by-five five matrix of, of the letters. So it went A, B, C, D, E, and the next was F, G, H, I, J. Third row was, uh, there was no K, so it was L, M, N, so like that. My initial is L, T. 
So you tap row and then column. And so to, to tap it, it'd go for LT would be dot, 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 dot. T would be dot, 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 dot. Three, one, then four fourths where they fall. And with practice, it's like typing or Morse code or something. We could, well, two thirds of us were Air Force, by the way, and a third of us were Navy, and there were five Marine aviators of the 350 of us for many years. And with that tap code, if you, yes, you get used to it, if, let's say you're Air Force, Ken. Uh, no, let's say Cheryl's Air Force. We, you and I will tap about 15 words a minute, and, uh, some other, one of your engineers there is Navy. I'd slow down at about 12, but Ken was, if Ken was a Marine, we didn't teach the five Marines the tap code. <laughs> See, I knew you had some that, humor maybe there. That's not true. Maybe when you put pajamas on people and you don't, and we don't bathe and we smell about the same, you know, maybe we were all about the same. All right. I have to tell my uh, Chesty Pillow story now. Um, the story is that, uh, of course, when Chesty Pillow retired from the Marine Corps, he was a lieutenant general and maybe the most famous officer in the entire Marine Corps, but... The story goes that when he was in Korea, and I guess he was a colonel or uh, about probably a colonel then, the story goes he was leading his troops and um, he was surrounded by the enemy. So he turned to his troops and said, all right, guys, we have them in front of us and back of us, to the right of us and to the left of us. They can't get away from us this time. <laughs> and that is... According to all reports, a true story. Yeah, he, he was just a phenomenally brave. I mean, he was so decorated. What a what a what a brave, great fighter he was. Exactly. And leader. Exactly. And every service, Leo has these. Uh, I mean, you saw them in every service. And what messages would you like to share with our troops today, our kids in Iraq, Afghanistan, all over the world? I think the message is. I shouldn't say. I think the message is. Uh, until you lose your freedom, you don't know how important that is. It is the greatest gift we could ever receive. It, it can't be bought. It can't be paid for with dollars. And these kids today, they're over there fighting what slowly becomes unpopular wars. Uh, they, there's not a known enemy. It's the most difficult war. It takes more technology, more knowledge. And they are just, uh, they are just hanging out, and they're doing such a phenomenal job. The reenlistment rate, when the reenlistment comes up and they do over there, is higher that is at home or in peacetime. And, uh, you know, we, we complain about the youngsters, we complain about the music, we complain about the morals, and some of it we have right to do so. But somehow we keep coming up, our nation does, with young men and women who step forward and they just do a phenomenal job. They're, they're, they're brave, they're patriotic, they're loyal, and as long as we got folks like that around, we can cover the, the other end. And the other thing, Leo, of course, is their family. So many times their families sacrifice so much. Their wives and their kids are sometimes living in poverty situations uh, while their brave husbands are serving our country. We'll talk more about that uh, in the next segment. And we'll be right back. I would like to come back to that. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life. With Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl Dawson here with Leo Thorsness. Uh, he's a Medal of Honor a recipient an author of Surviving Hell, a POW's Journey. And we've already covered uh, such interesting ground, uh, Leo, and, and I know that you wanted to comment further about the, the role that, that the um, families played uh, during, during your ordeal. Yeah, if I may, the, uh, it's getting better and better now, especially here in, like, in Alabama where there's so, there so many veterans groups who take care of the families. Gone. But during Vietnam, when I was shot down, my wife went back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, her home, 
and maybe once a year, somebody from the military contractor says, how are you doing? And there was so little support for them. And the, the bottom line is, if you're in combat, if you're a fighting person, man or woman, and you know your family is taken care of, you're a much more efficient fighting person. And the example of how poorly it was done and, and how Vietnam, North Vietnam even abused our families, why we never figured out. But after about three years, when treatment got a little bit better and the families got involved and organized, the government, uh, Vietnam, started, North Vietnam started letting our family send us one six-line letter every two months. And we supposedly could do the same thing. Most of them didn't go through. But the letters my wife sent every two months, six lines, most of those letters came back unopened. And on the outside of those letters, the Vietnamese is stamped deceased. Oh. I mean, it was so cruel to our families. And what they, why they did that, I don't know. But our families, families are so important. And our, our families, we POWs, and others too. Our, our families sometimes, it was harder on them than it was. They always imagined the worst, and it wasn't always the worst. And Leo, uh, one of the beauties of talking to World War II veterans is that they will tell you, in Korea also, that oftentimes um, our own men were starving. Our own men were dying of uh, not only hunger, but uh, freezing in the cold and, yeah. and in the frozen chosen. So, it, again, it is so critical that we do everything we can to make sure we're doing everything for the families, for the active military, and for the veterans. And we all have a critical obligation to do exactly that. Absolutely. And the, the more we do, I know that of the, the troops today over there, when they get packages from home or packages from someone they never knew or Christmas cards or schools taking on a project, that's a real morale booster, and exactly it, it right. takes so little effort on ours, and it means so much to them. There are and a lot of great groups that are yes, uh, supporting those kinds of efforts, in addition to the families, of course, and and uh, that's really heartwarming, and, and I'm glad that uh, we're encouraging everyone to do those kinds of things, uh, not only for July 4th, but all through the year. You know, it's, it's just amazing about your story, Leo, that uh, hope and humor comes through even in the darkest time. And I love the story about the red peppers. Can you share that? <laughs> it was those first three years. And still living solitary. For a while, I lived with two other guys in Little Cell. And you ate twice a day a bowl of green weed soup with nothing in it, no peppers, no no nothing, just boiled greens like spinach, and a saucer of, of, of steamed rice. Uh, had a lot of little pebbles, debris in it. But that was your meal. And outside the cell, about once every few days, we got to go to the bath area, a little well you'd drop a pail, pull it out, and in route to this bath area was a few pepper plants alongside the, the building, the, the prison wall. And uh, we'd wash those. They started getting riper and riper, and we thought, man, would they be good in, a, in, our, in, our, in our green weed soup, as we call it. So there was always a guard with us. So we figured out one day we were going to spread out. We'd get further away than normal, and the guy in the back would say, bow cow, which is attention or something to the guard, go back in and try to get, turn around. The guard would run, get him, and the guy in front would grab the pepper. And we did that. We, we had a pepper caper, and we, <laughs> we sneaked it inside, and we had little aluminum spoons, those little curved handles like Chinese spoons, and we got that pepper in, and we so judiciously cut it up and divided it into thirds and, and put it in our soup. And, man, we're, we, that, that was a gourmet meal. We were living high in the hog that night. <laughs> well, we sure certainly uh, are pampered when we compare to a story like that. You know, you mentioned how important memories was to um, to surviving uh, as a POW, and learning was another technique of survival. And, of course, learning is important, um, you know, even in our regular day-to-day life and certainly in career development. 
Um, share with the story uh, you tell of the enlisted men who were captured and how learning um, and helping them to learn was important. Yeah, that was a great story. There were four enlisted guys, and they were uh, gunners and crew chief on helicopters near the DMZ. The, 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 their war was North Vietnam, and then south that DMZ was ground war. And they were shot near to the DMZ, captured, and they were brought north. The rest of us were all officers, because to be an aviator, you had to go through school, get your college degree, and so on. So we had these four enlisted guys. They were doing the same thing we were doing. They were getting beaten, and um, they were we were being paid more, and we were getting there. So one day, somebody came up with the idea. We said, look, why don't we have a commissioning ceremony, teach these guys to be officers, and uh, and commission them. And so we did. We came up with different programs. We all remember when we went through our officer training, and with the TAP code, we taught them, <laughs> taught them how to be officers and all these different you know, courses. And, it was, and they were serious about it, and, and we came home. And so on a certain day in 1969, I think it was, we said, okay, you've got four guys. You're all now second lieutenants. And so we came home four years later, and we told to talk to the Pentagon, and they wouldn't really didn't go along. Went all the way to the president, and the president said, absolutely, that was, that was a valid commission. And so two of them went on to become pilots. They were captains by the time we came home or senior first lieutenant. And that was just a great pro. They gained from it, and we all felt good about it. It was, it was one of the few good things we could do while we're, you know, sitting over there in idle locked in a prison cell. Leo, some of the real heroes I remember in the Marine Corps were um, helicopter pilots. Uh, we had on our USS Fox or Hueys and light observation planes, and, yeah. and many of these uh, helicopter pilots were, as you know, warrant officers, or affectionately called Mustangs, and they were tremendous, you know, courageous, uh, getting on. They were just humorous. I mean, I remember taking off, and they say, well, now that we've got you 100 feet in the air, guys, you are ours. And when you look at that bulkhead going in and out, just remember that when we crash land, uh, you're going to be 15 feet in the water. So uh, you better listen to our instructions. And that was just fantastic. They were just so funny and so humorous and just great, great guys. Yeah, they, 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 they put some, some smiles and joy into a, into a tough job. You saw a lot of Hueys uh, go down, and uh, I'm sure you did everything you could to help them and rescue them, and oftentimes they came in to rescue you. Yeah, the, uh, there were quite a few pilots shot down in North Vietnam that were rescued, but the further north you were, of course, the less your chances. And I was in this business they called wild weasels. Our job was to, Vietnam was the first war in which there were surface-to-air missiles. So they designed to put uh, some black boxes, designed black boxes, put them in a two-place fighter, Put an electronic warfare officer in the backseat, Ewo. Uh, Harry Johnson was my, my, my crew guy. And there was an experienced pilot in front, and they called us Wild Weasels. They had to have a name. Uh, so the first five weasels that went to Takley, Thailand, they said, okay, we're here to take care of those fans. Forty-five days later, they were all gone. Harry and I were the sixth. But at any rate, uh, the, the helicopters had come in, and they, they, they rescued so many guys. And unfortunately, I was far enough north where the odds of rescue were slim and none, and uh, that's where the most of the sand sites were, so that's where most of the weasels, where we spent our time up there. Tremendous, tremendous stories of courage. Uh, I mean, you could share so many. Uh, what would you say is the most outstanding story of courage you remember, other than your own? No, my own is my own was routine. Um, there was a, uh, I, I guess Bud Day is one of the best. He was shot down near the DMZ. He was a, a Ford Air Controller in an F-100, Misty they called him. Shot down, captured, escaped, ate frogs, broke arms. Uh, got, he made it all the way across the DMZ back to South Vietnam, uh, and he was recaptured by the North. They hung him by his broken arms, and, 
uh, he was, uh, my mission, he's one of the toughest guys I know. And uh, Bud was just, he was such a phenomenal, there were people who died. Lance Sijon, there's an Air Force Academy, there's a building out in the Air Force. They tortured him to death. Just, they did Earl Colville and so on. And how do you measure courage of someone who's tortured to death uh, for resisting? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for me to try to separate one from the other. And I just wish every young student and every kid in America had the opportunity to listen and learn and study these stories of courage. It would make such a tremendous in our country. The one unusual, well, the one thing I didn't expect to hear when I wrote that book, which again started as a letter to our granddaughters, but became a book. The thing that I've heard more than any other single comment about that book is, gee, every high school kid should read this book. Exactly right. I, I didn't. It didn't cross my mind as I when it was published, but. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that. Or, well, I think I think everybody should read it. Well, maybe. Thank you, but uh, I was surprised when they said every high school kid should read it. So, it would be a great addition to uh, to any curriculum. Uh, I think because of July Fourth, that we would be uh, remiss not to have you tell the story about the flag, the homemade flag. Oh boy, Mike Christian. Mike Christian was a young naval officer. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't leader by. By, in, in prison, SRO, senior ranking officer, is dictator. It needs to be that in any cell or cell block. Mike was a junior ranking guy, but he, he became a natural leader, like some people are. Mike, uh, but, but towards the last, the last year or so, we were outside most days for a little while, pour a bucket of water over yourself, go back in the cell, and there were big cells by now, 20, 30 of us in there. And Mike found a slimy piece of cloth in the gutter that ran by the tank under the prison wall. He sneaked it in. You, you scrounge anything you can as a prisoner. Sneaked it in. And uh, with a little bit of soap that we all shared with him by now, we had a little soap sometimes, he made this, what, what, it'd been a white handkerchief like you carry in your pocket. He got it to telltale gray. And also this last year or so, they started giving us some medicine now and then. It was always blue. We didn't know what it was for, but now and then they'd bring a bottle of blue medicine. And, and with a tile roof, a red tile roof, he's, there's a lot of pieces around. You can sneak that in the cell and grind it backwards in a little bit of water and it becomes a, a maroon. So now we had a white handkerchief, blue medicine, and a red from the, from the brick. And so you know he's going to. So late at night, getting back in the corner opposite the door, uh, we had mosquito nets by now, bamboo needle with bamboo around and thread out the blanket. We all had one blanket, the old fashioned, you could pull threads out and thread bear. And he sewed the stars in the corner of these bamboo needle and thread and the, the, with the blue background and the white handkerchief. And, so, and uh, we told Mike what's going to happen. We said, I know, I know. But Mike was so strong and. and Work took him a couple of weeks, late at night, and then early one morning before the guards were around, he stood up, got out from under his mosquito net, and said in a loud whisper, Hey, gang, look here! And he held it up and waved it kind of like in a breeze. If he used a little bit of, or if he used a lot of imagination, it looked a little bit like the American flag. Wow, we that is awesome. And when we get back, we've got more wonderful it. stories to tell. Yeah, tear came down her eye, I'm sure, but, and we knew what would happen, and Mike did too. Once a week or every 10 days, they'd strip you of your clothes, Run you outside naked, go through, see if you had something you weren't supposed to. Of course they found it. And that night, night interrogations were the worst. And they came and got my, even before they had me to heartbreak, which were a few little cells, torture cells that we'd all been through. Even before, you could hear him going to start beating on, bending on Mike. And, but he, sometime after midnight, they, he couldn't walk. They rolled him in the cell. He's a couple of broken bones. His voice was gone, bloody all over. Just He was just terribly brutalized. And all that for making, you know, this little miniature of an American flag. And, uh, every one of us, Mike Christian was so, stood so tall as a, as a leader by example, and he didn't have to do it. And when we get back, we're going to tell more of wonderful stories, so don't go away. 
your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation, the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. And now a weather update. Winds out of the south-southeast at 9 miles an hour. Citizens of America, this is a message from FeedThePig.org. Do not be alarmed. We are here to help you save yourself. According to public records, Americans spent more money than they earned in 2005. This is the first negative savings rate in the U.S. since the Great Depression. America, we must change our behavior. We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to feedthepig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Self-leadership is more important than corporate leadership. In the hustle and bustle world we live in, we need to be reminded that in all failures and successes, we are the common denominators. Each week, let Daniel Gutierrez help bring you the tools you need to manage self-leadership, resulting in self-success. Make your mark in your industry. Make sure you listen to Right Here, Right Now, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson. We've been talking with Leo Thorsnes. Uh, he's had a tremendous story to share with us of his uh, POW journey. And uh, we were talking at break that his book, Surviving Hell, is so informative and so powerful in terms of the lessons it teaches on leadership and character 
that it's something that we would recommend for literally everyone, but certainly for young people, uh, even high school students, it would just be an excellent addition to to uh, a civics course or history course, uh, and we do highly recommend that. Leo, just uh, share for our listeners where they can get a hold of your book. Yeah, probably the easiest way is uh, leothorsness.com. Okay, excellent. And also you do a lot of speaking, uh, Leo, and I know that you're, um, you know, you speak both uh, to the corporate world as well as to, um, you know, veterans groups and so forth. What's the best way to get a hold of you uh, if someone would like to have you come and speak? Well, we have a public telephone number. I can give it if that's appropriate, but also my, my local email is lthorsness at earthlink.net. Okay, well, that sounds good. Why don't we start with the email, and then if you want to give the phone number, uh, you certainly can do that. Okay, it's uh, 256-325-9121. It's just our home. Okay. Well, Leo, you, you've retired twice now. You've had a, quite an incredible career. I'd, I'd be very interested in, in seeing your formal resume with all the different things that you've done uh, over your life. Um, and now you've written a book, and you continue to speak and so forth. Um, for our listeners who are considering returning to work due to financial concerns uh, or uh, just because they, they don't like retirement and they want to continue to work, whether they're veteran or not, what is your advice for those who might be concerned about age or potential discrimination and so forth? I think what, 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 what I did was I looked out there if there was a need for something that I thought I could do and I prepared myself, and then I, then I went out to find it, and it turned out to be a speaking career. But uh, I, when I came home, uh, we were asked by the media. There were three POWs, uh, and the Defense Department, after the last POWs home, they said, we have a press conference. Until now, we would not talked about torture. They said, answer any questions. So we made a short statement who we were, and they said, uh, any questions? Well, were you tortured? Yes, we were. Why were you tortured? Well, mostly for propaganda. And they said, well, how are you tortured? Well, the suitcase trick. And we had names for different tortures. What's that mean? And they kept prying. And we, came, and we had the scars. Right? We were in the hospital. We showed them our scars. So it's like they didn't want to believe us. But then they finally said, how did you get through it? How did you hang in there so long? How did you get through that tough time? And uh, according to the POWs, there's a lot of ways to do it. But here's some ways that we just kind of one, two, three, four type thing. One is the will to succeed, of course, is strong. The will to survive is really strong. You just don't quit. You don't give up. Number two was time. When you're going through really tough times, uh, as, as it, when you're being tortured, well, at home we've all heard people say, divorce or financial or has lost my job, I'll take it a day at a time. For us, you don't have a clock, but you're by yourself when you're being tortured, and you say, I think I can last another minute, and you'd estimate your time, or 30 seconds. Time, we broke it down to kind of help us through until the end. Number three was, was just, uh, it took me a while, it was, it was the word is love. And we had people there that were so good and so we loved each other so much, a brotherly love I'm talking about. Uh, when a guy was being tortured, he, we, we didn't think he'd take him. Somebody else would step forward and do something wrong. It was take their attention, and he would be tortured. Uh, you, you depend on each other. And I think to translate that back home, that's a little bit like you know support networks. And so my wife has had cancer and the other networks. And, but there's a lot of good people around uh, that will reach out to you if you let them know you need help. And, Leo, uh, Leo think, if we could... I'd like to spend the last few minutes we have on the show to uh, just kind of speak to our listeners out there who, one, have an interest in the military, or two, have an interest in helping to uh, serve our country, serve our veterans, and forth. I, 
when you talked about uh, brotherhood and I can only think about uh, Marine Corps and Marine Corps boot camp and how much you learn in terms of leadership and honor and integrity and all the things that our country stands for. Uh, share with our listeners, if you would, your experiences and words of wisdom you would share with our young people, our active military, and our veterans in terms of how wonderful our country is and how we really all have to get together to make it as great as it can be. About one minute. Okay. Um, uh, big assignment. I, I think that uh, if if you, I think nowadays, join the military if you have a question about what you want to do in life. I've never, in, in the thousands and thousands of military people I've talked to, I've never heard one who didn't appreciate the time they spent. They're a better person for it. They, they learn leadership just automatically, uh, and you feel good about yourself. You get, a, you get out, you can get an education, and the government's going to help you pay your education. There's just some, but once you join that, you now understand what the world is. You understand what the country is and how lucky we are to be Americans. Just, just by the luck of the draw, we were born American. We could have been born Ethiopians or Vietnamese or whatever, and, and nothing wrong with that nationality, but we're the ones that have all this freedom. And so I say any way you can serve your country, or if, you're, if you don't want to serve your country, help out those who are serving the country. Go to the airport when they come home or when they go off and, and greet them, or when you see them walking through the airport, hold your hand over your heart, kind of a salute to support you're giving the people who are, are making our country great. One of the things I like to do is when I see active military or veterans, I like to buy them breakfast, buy them lunch, just a way of giving back and showing how much we appreciate them. That is so good. I mean, that, that, that goes so far. Those people are going to remember that act of kindness and appreciation the rest of their life. Well, we want to remember, remind everyone, especially our veterans out there, that we have a resource uh, for you if you're looking for a job or for a career change. So be sure to visit our site betterjobbetterlife.com there's a special site on there for our veterans and before we close we want to again wish everyone a happy 4th of July and we want to especially remember and thank our veterans and our POWs who are who have sacrificed for our freedom and to make it possible for live to live in this great free country that we have thank you Leo for being with us today and for your testimony of courage thanks what you do and appreciate this very much Leo, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your being with us. Uh, you are truly a man of integrity and honor, and God bless you, and God bless our veterans, and God bless America. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you so much. Story and program for you, so be sure to join us. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 